0: We begin looking at our good God this morning by going to a place called Elitches. Elitches is an amusement park in Denver, Colorado, and as a child, my parents often took my older sister and I to Elitches, and I distinctly remember one time when I was probably seven or eight years old, when for the first time, my dad finally won out, and he convinced me to get on something that looked like this. (laughs) A roller coaster. You've all probably been on a roller coaster ride before, right? You start kind of slow up a steep incline, and it's pretty relaxing, right? I can still remember my father pointing out the Denver skyline on one side. Pike's Peak, we could see... On the other side, slowly but surely, we kept getting higher and higher. Finally, we could see downtown Chicago. It was amazing. (laughs) And then, of course, you know, once you can see downtown Chicago from Denver, Colorado, everything changes in the twinkling of an eye. (laughs) You go from a nice, relaxing, scenic ride to a ride that is frantic, chaotic. <laughs> with people screaming, and it gets very, very loud. And that, my friends, is what we call life. <laughs> life is a roller coaster ride. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. You never know what's going to be around the next turn, and you will shake, and you will rattle, and you will most certainly roll. Another way to put that would be to look at our Vacation Bible School theme. This past week, we had 209 children. We had 90 volunteers, and we looked at this theme, Life is Wild, God is Good. We talked a lot about life being wild. You can see the roar there. We went to different places. We looked at different animals in Africa And each day we talked about how wild life gets like a roller coaster up and down and all around. But we assured the children that throughout life, God is good. Now, that takes faith. That takes a whole lot of faith. Anybody can say life is wild, (laughs) right? Just be on the planet for maybe 10 or 15 years. You know it's a roller coaster ride, up and down and for sure all around. But it takes great faith to look at that wild ride and still confess and believe God is good. So what is good? We throw that word around a lot, right? How was your day? Well, it was what? Good. Little Susie is on Santa Claus' lap at the local department store, and Santa Claus says, Susie, have you been good the last year? And Susie says, Santa, I've been very good. I only kicked my brother 97 times, right? Or Carl. Carl has been out late on a Saturday night, and he comes home, and his wife says, Carl, where have you been? And what does Carl say? Honey, I've been good. (laughs) Or you're ahead of a sales team. And your team doesn't make the sale, so you and your team are getting chewed out by Steve, your boss, and and you make this stunning insight. You say, Steve, Steve, if you would have been there, we would have closed the sale. And Steve calms down a little bit, starts feeling good about himself. After the meeting, one of your coworkers says, wow, you're good. (laughs) So what's it mean? good. Well, you can look at the word up there, right? Good derives from what word? Take out an O. What do you got? God, right? So here's a 25-cent word. Etymologically, right? That's how words are formed in the history of words. Etymologically, if we're talking about good, we are driven to the word God. And not just any God or some God, but the God, right? The true God, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if we're going to talk about goodness and good, uh, we are driven toward the idea of our God. And the Bible makes it clear that God reveals himself as being good. God's goodness is revealed throughout the Bible in two distinct ways, his character and his actions. Got it? So his character, who he is in his essence, and his actions, what he does for us. And Psalm 119, 68, really captures both of these ideas. His character, you are good, God is not a figment of our imagination. God is not a fairy tale we've made up inside our head. God is not aloof. God is not disconnected. God is good. And you do what is good, right? God doesn't do evil, God doesn't do sinister things. God doesn't do malevolent things. God renews. God restores. God resurrects. He is good and he does what is good for you. Do you believe that? Sometimes it's kind of hard, right? Because life is wild. (laughs) Really wild. To believe that in God's very character... In, in the depths of who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he says, I know all about you. I really do, God says. That was a couple weeks ago, all knowing God. He says, I know all about your sin, your, your brokenness, your pain, your baggage, all your junk. God says, I know all of that, but, but I still shower you with goodness. Do you believe that? Or do you believe in a God that condemns and, and, and ridicules and shames and mocks? Don't believe in that God. That's not our God. Our God delights in giving us, this is James 1.17, every good and perfect gift. Do you believe that? To believe that, that God says, I know you don't earn it, I know you don't deserve it, but, but I love to lavish goodness upon you. God is good and God does what is good and it's all for you. Last year I read about a woman up in the great state of Michigan had a skunk in her cellar. Now skunks on church screens look cute. <laughs> but when they're in your cellar, they don't look or smell very cute. So what do you do when there's a skunk in your cellar? You call 911. So the policeman said, okay, this is what you do. Get breadcrumbs and make a trail from your cellar up the steps out to your backyard. Make this trail of breadcrumbs. The skunk will follow the breadcrumbs and you'll be free of the problem. The next day, the woman called the police again and said, now I don't have one skunk in my cellar. Now I've got two. (laughs) Sometimes life stinks, (laughs) right? And and then it stinks some more. You think you just have one skunk and and you got half a dozen. And, and, And when life stinks, it is very hard to say God is good in his character, right? And God does what is good in his action. That's very hard to say. It almost sounds trite and phony and fake and shallow and banal and unbelievable. Oh, not when life stinks. It doesn't seem like God is good or does good at all. So then what do you do? You turn to Psalm 107. Like no other place in the Bible... Do we find God's goodness celebrated when life stinks? God's goodness revealed in our distress when we have two skunks in the cellar. So Psalm 107, let's take a look at this. It begins with this classic line. By the way, this line appears six more times in the Old Testament. Kind of a famous line. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. There it is, good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Whenever Hebrew authors, like this anonymous author of Psalm 107, talk about God's goodness, who he is and what he does, quite often they connect this Hebrew word, translated steadfast love, the Hebrew word is kezet. Chesed is the second most important word in the Old Testament. First important word, it's up there. L-O-R-D, Lord, behind that, many of you know, would be Yahweh, right? We know his nickname, Yah, right? Hallelujah. So Yahweh, L-O-R-D, that's the most important word in the Old Testament. That appears over 6,000 times. It's all about Yahweh. (laughs) But second is Kezit. Kezit. When Hebrew authors talk about God's goodness, they they link this idea of Kezit. For example, you know Psalm 23, verse 6, right? Goodness and what? Mercy. That word mercy that's translated in most English versions is the Hebrew word kazit. Surely goodness and kazit, see there they are linked again, will chase me. That's what it literally means in Psalm 23, verse 6. Not follow. It means chase Goodness and Keset are chasing me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, for time out, God's goodness revealed in our distress when life stinks. We, we have to go to Keset. So, what does it mean? Second most important word in the Old Testament it means God gets in a relationship with us when he doesn't have to. God gets in a relationship when when, when there's no gun pointed at his head. He doesn't have to get into a relationship with me. He doesn't have to make Reed Lessing to feel good about life, right? But he does. Second, God stays in the relationship, come what may. God sticks in the relationship even if it kills him. Now hold on to that thought. So if we're going to talk about God's goodness in our distress, we link it to Kesed. Kesed appears five more times in Psalm 107. Kesed helps us understand, define and delight in God's goodness. So Psalm 107 has five different stanzas. We're going to look at four of them. And in each of these four we're looking at, it celebrates God's goodness when life is wild and life stinks, So after the opening in the verse two verses, it says, "God is good when we frantically search for something or someone to satisfy our soul." We're all doing that. We're, we're all singing with Mick Jagger, right? <laughs> I can't get no, I can't get no, I can't get no satisfaction. Why am I looking for satisfaction? So frantically. Because I have a God shaped hole in my heart. That's what C.S. Lewis called it. A God shaped hole in my heart. And something and someone will never satisfy that hole in my heart. So I'm frantically looking. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. And this first stanza of Psalm 107 says God satisfies my soul. With what? His goodness and his chesed, his steadfast love. God is also good, this is the second stanza, when we rebel against him and suffer for it. I've said this several times. I have a personal mission statement. You know what it is? It's simple, real simple. Don't do dumb things. Pretty simple. I get up every morning. What's my goal today? Don't do dumb things, all right? But you know what? I still do dumb things. <laughs> you probably do too, right? We rebel against God. We suffer for it. Relationships are torched. And yet when we repent, God is God. The second stanza talks about how God releases us from prison He turns our weeping into dancing. He turns our death into life. He turns our darkness into day. God is good when we rebel against him and suffer for it. Third stanza, God is good when we're foolish and give ourselves to sin. When we end up breaking ourselves, like Humpty Dumpty, right? We feel like no one can put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But God does because he's good, He's got Chazid, steadfast love. He is more committed to me than I'll ever be committed to me. When I am foolish and give myself to sin, God begins to restore, put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Not perfectly. I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, just believe in Jesus and you'll have a perfect life. No, that's not true at all. The restoration will be complete when Jesus returns, but for now, we can begin to see broken pieces put back together because God is good. Four stanza, God is good when we're pounded by calamity, when the rains come and the creek rises and the river floods. It says in this section of Psalm 107 that God Stills the storm. He quiets the waters. Life is wild. It's just completely wild. Roller coaster ride up and down and all around. But God is good all the time. Now we've just been talking about words here, right? God is good, his goodness. Right, second most important word in the Old Testament. God God gets in, he doesn't have to. He stays in a relationship with me, even if it'll kill him. These are just words, phrases, ideas, theology. So God said, I'm going to put skin on this idea. God's goodness is finally, completely, most beautifully revealed in Jesus, right? Finally, goodness and chazad, steadfast love, have hands and, and feet and eyes and ears, and we don't need light at all, right? <laughs> we'll see if it comes back on again. There we go. This was all timed, you see, All right. <laughs> So we could rejoice that God is good all the time. Now, I don't know what happened at all. I don't need to know what happened at all. I'm just going to keep on preaching. Is that okay with you folks? Okay. Go, 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 go. Good. So goodness and Kazid finally are seen in a person, right? Hebrews 1.3 puts it this way. The son, that's Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory the exact representation of his being. If we want to know who God is and how God feels about us, the Bible teaches that we go to Jesus. That's God's goodness revealed in a person. So when Jesus heals lepers and gives sight to the blind, when Jesus washes the feet of the very people who will betray him and deny him, that shows us God's goodness. When Jesus talks about a shepherd leaving the 99 to go find the lost sheep, that shows us God's goodness. When Jesus talks about a longing father waiting for the son to come home, that shows us God's goodness. When Jesus is in a big crowd and people are pressing in on him and, and someone just needs him desperately, Jesus stops in his tracks and gives laser like attention to people who are being overlooked, like Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus and Lazarus and Jairus. You see, that shows us God is good. God's goodness is revealed in Jesus, climactically, right? In Jesus' suffering. Jesus' betrayal, Jesus' thorns, the spit, the blood, the sweat, the scourging, the cross. God's goodness is revealed climactically in Jesus whose blood forgives every sin of every person who ever lived. Let me say that again, because there is where real goodness lies. Every sin of every person who ever lived. You see, Jesus, when he's dying on the cross, Mary and John stand there to comfort Jesus, and he comforts them. There's a penitent thief right on his right, and and, and this guy is hoping against hope that he might see the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, Today you'll be with me in paradise. And you know, Jesus looks at the very perpetrators of his death and says, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. You want to see God's goodness. There it is in Jesus. God is good. And he does what is good for us. Imagine that. Do more than just imagine that. <laughs> Believe it, it's true. There's a little five year old boy named John Gilbert. John Gilbert loved basketball. He lived in California. should have lived in Indiana, right? When John was five years old, he was diagnosed with a progressive disease, a genetic disease called Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. You don't live very long when you're diagnosed with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. John began to lose his ability to walk. To, to hold things, to talk, to blink. His parents took him to a, a sports memorabilia auction in Sacramento a couple years ago, just for grins. They didn't have the money. But John saw basketball. <laughs> it wasn't just any ordinary basketball. It was a basketball signed by the NBA champion, Golden State Warriors, 2015, and John wanted that basketball. He had to have that basketball. So the bidding started. John kept putting up his hand, and his mom kept pushing it down. They didn't have that kind of money. Went up to five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars for a basketball. Finally, it was sold. And you'll never guess what happened next. The guy who got the basketball walked over and put it in little John Gilbert's lap. And John held on to that basketball. He'd never pass a basketball. He'd never dribble it. He'll never shoot it. He'll never slam dunk it. Just before he died, all he could do was, was write, couldn't talk. Little John Gilbert asked this question. Have you ever been given a gift that you didn't earn or deserve? He was mesmerized by this basketball. Have you ever been given a gift that you didn't earn or deserve? And all of us would have to answer what? Yes, of course. Oh, we know. Life is wild. It really is. Little kids get diseases that kill them. Old people get cancer. Young people get cancer. Little children are born with spina bifida and cystic fibrosis. We get old. We get decrepit. We die. We lose our job. We get all of that. Life is wild. Up and down and all around. But... And here's where it takes faith. God is good. Uh, Romans 8.28, right? Jeremy Allen read from this, our epistle lesson. God works all things for good. Not that all things are good. The Bible never says that. All things are not good. But God works together for good, so God is good. And that takes great faith and great courage When life is wild, we know finally God is good, very good, because of just one person who has one name, who gives us one hope and one joy and one future. And if you ever doubt that God is good for you, even when life is absolutely wild, then look into the eyes of Jesus. For there you will see God's goodness revealed forever for you. How about we stand and sing about it?